You've landed on the Lonely Diplomat podcast, and wherever you are in the world, welcome. I'm Phil McAuliffe, I'm the Lonely Diplomat, and this is episode 51. In this episode, we're going to be investigating, we're going to have a bit of a chat about how when you're on a diplomatic posting, you're always on. You're never unable to really turn off uh, and be, dare I say, a regular human. You're always on, you're always representing your country. And we're going to be looking at that from a couple of different perspectives. Pretty much, you know, what is on and how life can be, how your life is or can be when you're on a diplomatic posting. And then look at what the price is that you're paying for all of that. But before we get into the episode, I want to say that I have a website, thelonelydiplomat.com, which has uh, all sorts of helpful tips and insights for diplomats and those living the diplomatic life for you as you live your diplomatic life. Uh, There's a blog, there's this podcast, and there's details of my mentoring services, including the Diplomatic Life Restarter course, um, and which is how you get your diplomatic life plan. So that's a six uh, call course over 12 weeks where we go through various aspects of how you are living your diplomatic life, really how the diplomatic life might be living you in a most uncomfortable way. And together we come up with a plan, with your plan for living your diplomatic life so you feel like you're living your life. So all of that is on the website, thelonelydiplomat.com, and there are links in the episode description if you want to investigate that further. Before I jump on, this is episode, like go on with the episode. This is uh, episode 51. And just so you know, you might be listening to me I don't know, I like to imagine you sitting on a subway because, or maybe not sitting on a subway, maybe you're standing uh, on a subway, you've got headphones on, you're commuting to work, you're commuting from work, and it's just you and me. It's you and me having a chat, and it's lovely. It's remarkably intimate, isn't it? Because as I said in episode 50, Listening to podcasts is not something that we generally do crowded around a wireless in, you know, in the 1930s or 40s. Rather, it's something, if we do listen to it, we're listening with with someone, we're listening to it in a car um, while we're driving somewhere. But otherwise, it's just you and me. So, I want to let you know that while I'm in your ears right now, I want to just let you know that I had a check of the... Um, the statistics on my host for this podcast. And in 51 episodes in over, what are we, 2022, so uh, in three and a half years, in 51 episodes, the podcast, the Lonely Diplomat podcast, with this very niche market, as people in the business like to say, all about the niche, has been heard nearly 21 and a half thousand times. Now, they all can't be my mum listening because there are people listening in uh, almost every country. In almost 200 countries, people regularly tune in to get an episode of the Lonely Diplomat podcast. So, I say all of this. Well, you know, there's a proud boast there. (laughs) But secondly, I say this 
with a very serious message. While it is you and me, while it is you and me, listen, uh, like I'm talking, you're listening, you might be talking to me, but I can't hear you. It is really important that you know that you're not alone. You're not alone in feeling some uncomfortable feelings and perhaps thinking some uncomfortable thoughts as you live your diplomatic life. And perhaps those people around you at work, in your social circles, they're also regular listeners, but might not talk about it. You might not talk about it. And that comes at a cost because this diplomatic life is a life that is unlike any other. And we're going to explore that in this episode um, uh, of always being on. But we're very good at sharing the highlights of our lives with each other. We see our photos, our feeds on Instagram or in days of yore, perhaps on Facebook. Um, and we see, you know, the, the highlight reels. We see the weekends away. We see the exciting things that each other is doing, perhaps on LinkedIn from a professional perspective. But odds are, where you are, we're not particularly good at talking about the other side of the coin, the negative side of the coin. And no one likes to dwell on the negative, not at all. But really, if we're avoiding the negative, we avoid the positive. If we're numbing the negative impact, negative things that are going on in our life, we numb the joy, we numb the good because we're denying what actually is to focus on something that we really want to be. I want you to let that sink in for just a moment. You're not alone. There are thousands of other people who listen to this podcast all around the world. Odds are someone in your office, someone who you know, is also listening. Can you imagine the power of having real conversations without judgment that are conversations that are helpful, that move beyond gossip, beyond, you know, that, that help give you real concrete tips to live your diplomatic life and to help you show up as the beautiful human doing a really important job that you are? Because that's what I'm here for and what we're going to be talking about here in this episode. So, always being on is the topic that we're exploring this month, which is September 2022. And over the past few months, I've been going through each of my, like, through the uh, extensive back catalogue of over 50 blog posts written over a number of years and giving them a bit of a, a freshen up so they, they look uh, sort of, you know, they look good to me now. Um, and provide a whole lot of lot more information and support. So the just like I am, just like you are, the blog and the podcast is evolving to continue to serve you where you are. And I often in in updating those blog posts, I look to see um, you know provide a, a link to the relevant um, podcast episode. So you can tap on the link within the blog and then go and listen to you know, an interview or a chat or he may share some thoughts on that topic. But when it came to Always Being On, which I published in early February 2019, which really does seem like three seconds ago, but also a long time ago, it is, uh, I, was, I was surprised 
that I hadn't actually addressed this topic because it's a really big topic. And I think I was saving it for something like pretty major because it was always being on part one. And I haven't got to part two yet. But part one was all about how we need to essentially always, we, we, we can't turn off when we're living our diplomatic life. And so this, this, um, this episode is correcting that oversight on my part. And we're going to have a chat about that over the next few minutes. Because when we are at least in my experience, for my postings, uh, where I was the posted officer, I was given some pretty good training, some pretty inadequate training, but also some pretty good training that I continued the skills or the insight that I learned in that training continued to serve me well all the way through my postings. And others really did not, (laughs) like really did not serve me at all. They were an exercise in my employer covering their, well, I'm going to swear, covering their ass, not really looking for my interests, but looking out for theirs. And that's okay. That's okay. I mean, really, you know, they, they, you know, need to do that. There's like legal and ethical obligations that they have. But one of the messages that we receive, you and me received, receive when we are going overseas is on, on, on a posting is that always, always you are representing your country at all times. And the blog post that I wrote and published back in 2019 talks about um, how I got on a plane and, you know, just kind of that, that, that departing for a posting kind of slumping, like pouring yourself into uh, a, a seat on a plane, absolutely exhausted uh, and uh, getting ready for a flight to your destination. And I remember looking around at my family um, as the plane took off and I looked around and, and the kids were sort of watching movies and, you know, everyone was getting settled in for a, uh, for a flight. And I just had this feeling that all four of us were getting into something that was at once an exciting adventure, but it came with costs. And perhaps that was actually like the, 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 the kernel of an idea that has turned into the lonely diplomat. I don't know. I guess I could, could investigate that some more. But I remember thinking, I've signed up for this. My then wife, she knew what we were getting ourselves into. But the kids, they had no idea and really had no say in what they were going to experience because it's well understood by grown-ups that uh, and 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 we can understand it from the from the training from the briefings that we get that we are the embodiment of our country we are the embodiment of our government while on a posting and we talk about how we can't ever be the subject of unwanted attention of criticism of our country from our host country. So we don't ever want to be the subject of gossip or you know negative press. And we know that um, we know that some you know that we're, we're, we're essentially living in a fishbowl. And there are some who observe, and meet us 
in the daily course of life who have a passing curiosity about what a diplomat is and who a diplomat is and what they do, what you do at work. And, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a curiosity, you know, are you really, you know, um, uh, someone who uh, just sort of goes to cocktail parties um, all the time, which seems to be the, the, the popular conception, a uh, popular idea of what a, diplo- what a diplomat is, through to someone who really wants to know what's going on in your head, someone who really wants to know what's going on at work for not um, beneficial reasons. They're very sinister reasons why someone would want to know exactly what's going on in your head What's going on on your desk, in your computer? What's going on? Who's saying what to whom and how? You know what I mean. So it's for very good reason that we are told that we don't ever want to be the subject. We can't ever be the subject of um, unwelcome scrutiny, scrutiny that can't be controlled. And there's also that... that um, overt threat that what we do is interesting. What you do at work is interesting. And because we're always interesting and because we can be working on some things that really we don't want to have on, you know, don't want widely known, when we're we're, we're often, you're often on guard. You're guarded. When someone comes up to you, and in the blog post, I, I put the example of a barbecue. And it's a Sunday afternoon, and there are people from the embassy, and there are people from outside the embassy who are gathered around, and then they find out that, you know, that you're from the embassy, and someone sidles up to you and wants to know, like, what's really going on? And instantly, you're on guard. Because what you, you, you think... Why are they asking me this? Are they in a position of trust? Um, Or if I say something, what was, if I say the wrong thing, um, where is that going to go? And this can take, this can flash across your mind in moments, in milliseconds. And you can go through the Google search or the Rolodex, depending on your age, in your mind and try to identify these safe talking points that you're allowed to say uh, when responding to to these kind of probes for information about like the real story, what's really going on. And that is what being on is for at any moment, at any moment in the workplace, outside of the workplace, you need to be ready to respond. And that ready to be that 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 ever readiness to respond is tough and it mightn't feel like it's tough but i want to explore now the price that you're paying for always being on because that's not a natural state that's not a natural state and it might feel like a natural state for you but i think there's a difference between what has become your default state and what is a natural state And a natural state means that we are able to respond to stimulus, to external stimulus, and then 
come back to form. That's actually called psychological resilience. And when we are always on, even when there's no need to be on, even when there's like a, a you know, the, the, like there is no danger, but we're always vigilant, that comes at a cost. It comes at a mental, emotional, and physical cost. So, one of the things that I want to say here, there's a few things on this about the price that you're paying and, and invite you to reflect on how many or if any of what I'm about to say applies to you. But I want us to say this, that it is an unrealistic burden that is being placed upon you. It's an understandable burden, but it's unrealistic. But you understand it but perhaps you don't see it as unrealistic and you do your best, your absolute best to live up to an unrealistic expectation. And when you don't meet those expectations, noting as they are, they're being unrealistic, not unreasonable, but unrealistic, when you don't live up to them, you feel shame. You feel like you have let yourself, let your country down. You can, and, and the narrative in your mind can go from, I did something wrong, to I'm a bad human. I'm a, like, I'm terrible at my job. I, you know, I'm, I'm hot. Like, you know the story. You know the narrative that goes in your mind. That rather than I'd made a mistake, it's like me being here is the mistake. And it can be a very quick trip for people who are used to consistently delivering on high expectations that they have in themselves and have placed upon them or they feel are placed upon them to quickly go into shame. And when the burden is unrealistic as you are always the representative of your country, and what you do reflects on what your country is and how it's perceived in your host nation is um, an understandable uh, burden, but it's completely unrealistic because you're human. You will, you will make mistakes. And it is impossible to be always on and ready to go. You need sleep. You need rest. You need to come back to form so then you can flex again. And if you are constantly under an expectation, if you're constantly operating under an expectation that you have to be on, that you have to be able to leap on the phone if it calls at 2am and, and immediately leap into action and have the answers, if you're Immediately, um, if the expectation is that you're immediately able to respond to something that's happening somewhere around you, then, you know, you're always going to be essentially in fight or flight because you're looking at everything, not necessarily as a threat, but you're looking at everything as, you know, questioning, questioning and, and, and yeah, seeing it as a threat. And one of the things about fight or flight is that the anxiety, the, 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 the dread that you feel when you come back to your desk and there's a sea of unread emails on your screen 
or there's a pile of work or, you know, long hours to be done and your, your body does not see the difference between like your, 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 your response is there's no difference between you being leapt upon by an animal or a sea of unread emails. The physiological response is the same. Of course, it's different. Like you're not going to die by having unread emails rip your throat out. However, your body reacts the same. And that comes, that's, a, that's, that's actually a physiological cost. That puts you at significantly higher risk of developing heart disease, heart attack, stroke, um, and uh, mental health issues like depression and anxiety. And perhaps you're already living with that, with, with the impact of the effects of always being in fight or flight, possibly from the fact that you're living your diplomatic life. You might already be paying the cost of that and you might already be acutely aware of the cost that you're paying. A lot of the examples that I've just talked about, a lot of the things that I've just spoken about, have related to the posted diplomat. But of course, it's not um, uh, isolated. It's not, some, it's not a burden borne by the posted diplomat. It's borne by the accompanying significant other, if they're there. And if there are any children, then the children. And I don't know, in my experience, being a, uh, an accompanying significant other, quite often, just in the fact that you're living life, quite often puts you out in the, in the community, in like the real community. And the poster diplomat, when they're at work and go out into the community, it's, it's generally pretty safe and staged and, you know, controlled. But when the significant other is out in the community, particularly if there's children and school-aged children, the, um, the accompanying significant other can actually be the most public face of a diplomatic mission for regular people in the community and, uh, and, and have more direct contact with, dare I say, real people than the posted officer. And while the ambassador or the head of mission is the, um, the, the, the public face of that country in the host, like of your country in the, host, in the host country, it's often the spouses or the significant others of the posted diplomat who are actually out in the community most. And each time I've been the significant other, the expectations have not been made as clear as they could be. This could have changed. This could have changed. But what I really needed to know, I wasn't told. What I really needed to know, I had to learn by myself, by making, like by observing how others did it, by finding someone I trusted and that, that my question was not going to reflect badly on the posted diplomat. But, and, and ask some silly questions or, or whatever. But each and every time, I was acutely aware that me being me in the community, whether it was like out in, 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 um, 
uh, at the supermarket or in a workplace or whatever, I was there because I was, while I wasn't the posted officer, I may as well have been. I was unpaid to be the representative of the country. I was unpaid and unprepared. And that is, that's a cost. If this is you, you're paying a price for that, for always being on while trying to be you, trying to be, trying to live your life, trying to keep potentially a household going, people fed, people, you know, taken to the right places at the right time, living life while on a diplomatic posting. One of the things as well about diplomats and those who live the diplomatic life, for all of those reasons why, you know, there are people who want to know what's going on in your head and on your desk, can make you reluctant to reach out for help. Reluctant to reach out for help and support. And sometimes when you do reach out for help and support, and this is certainly my experience, I didn't get support that said that that the person giving the advice understood. I received advice that I could have gotten from Google. And the advice was so provided was so very general that uh, when I had to explain carefully the context in which I was living, it didn't compute. And so there's there's a real there's there's disconnects everywhere between like within ourselves with the effort knowing that we're carrying such shame from the burden of unrealistic expectations uh, that when we do reach out for help, that attempt for help is, is met in a really unhelpfully generic way. And then not only that, we fear that if we reach out for help and then that's known that we're reaching out for help, so if, I don't know, a welfare visit comes to your office after an event and someone says, you know, is everyone all right? Of course you're all right, especially if your boss is in the room. If your boss is in the room, everyone's fine. And you want to be, you know, um, uh, circumspect enough, discreet enough to get the information that you want and you need in a way that doesn't cast you in a bad light. Let me know if that's a landing for you. Because when senior people are in the room and someone asks a question, how are you? You're fine. You're good. Yeah, it was a bit scary or it was hard, but, you know, got through it. And you hide what's actually really hurting because of these unrealistic expectations of always being on and always being resilient and showing that you're resilient enough to keep doing the job and to keep having the career. And what happens then, and this is the price that you're paying, is that the issues that you are not letting be seen, not letting get the air, the airtime, you know what I mean, the things that you're hiding are left to fester. And they're left to fester behind the facade that you have that everything's fine when everything really is not fine because you are living under a burden of completely unrealistic expectations. I want to let that sink in for just a moment because I feel that that could be landing for you. That you have 
issues that you really do not want anybody to see because you're afraid of what it might mean for you about, you know, in terms of, you know, your own invincibility and the image that you're projecting into the workplace. And this, my friend, all of this, all of this, when you're not showing up, when you're not sort of really having open, honest, real conversations with people around you or with anybody because you're always needing to be on, you're always trying to live up to this completely unrealistic expectation, understandable expectation, but unrealistic expectation, that feeds your loneliness. That feeds your loneliness. And so that that sort of unease that you might be feeling within you might be anxiety, might be depression, it might be a whole lot of other things. But I contend that it's loneliness that you're feeling because you're not showing up. You're not being seen. You're not being heard. And so you don't feel that you belong. A carefully... um, Carefully crafted words that you're using are being heard. Carefully crafted facade is being seen. And when, when anything but genuine, authentic you is being seen, if anything, hold on, if anything but the real you is being seen, if anything but the real you is being heard, you're not going to feel that you belong. You're always going to keep on hustling to feel that you belong. You're always going to hustle to feel that you're good enough that you're smart enough, that you're resilient enough. You're always going to be hustling to be more and and creating more and more unrealistic expectations so it then feels like you're a hamster in a wheel and you can't stop. And if you do stop, you fear getting ejected and you fear the pain of what happens when you stop. (laughs) Let me know if that's landing for you because that could certainly describe how I felt. Absolutely. And while I did my best, my best to live up to the expectations, and in most instances, over four postings, two as the accompanying officer and two as the uh, accompanying, two as the posted officer and two as the accompanying significant other, I think I did pretty well. But there were times there when I was human, and God, did I feel bad about it. Wow, did I ever come down hard on myself in an like, absolute terrible shame spiral? For being human. That's really what I wanted to say in this episode. And if you are, if any of that landed for you, I'd really love to hear from you. Please send me an email to uh, admin at thelonelydiplomat.com or reach out to me on socials or any of the places where you can send me a message. And also, I want to let you know that we can cover some of these ideas, some of the issues that were raised in this episode, which are pretty big and hefty, you know, I'm going to be honest, um, as part of you getting your diplomatic life plan um, as part of the Diplomatic Life Restarter or Diplomatic Life Starter course. And this course is for you if you are a posted officer and you kind of want to get that sparkle back. You want to get that love back for the job. This is also for you if you are a, uh, an accompanying significant other and you want to kind of explore who you are as you live the diplomatic life. You want to kind of 
take steps to then put you out into the world um, as, uh, and, and take a step outside of the shadow of the, um, of the posted diplomat. So, and it's also for you if you're about to start, embark on your uh, diplomatic career. And it's something that you, you, you want to start off on a, on a good, in a good way. I was about to say on the right foot. But you want to start off in a way that you intend to live your diplomatic life, knowing that the diplomatic life is amazing, full of wonderful opportunities that you simply can't have anywhere else. But you want to be prepared for it. The Diplomatic Life Restarter, the Diplomatic Life Starter course is for you. Reach out, let me know. There's a link in the episode description if you want some more information. And I'm really happy to have a chat with you uh, during a free 30-minute consultation to see if my services and me are going to be a good fit for you. That's it for this episode. If you got something from it, please consider buying me a coffee to say thanks. Buying me a coffee gets reinvested into growing the Lonely Diplomat and covering the costs that uh, that is um, that is the reality of of hosting a website and a um, uh, and a podcast. And of course, if you've got any questions for me, you know where I am. It does sound like you're getting ready to go. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really uh, hope that you are living your diplomatic life and it is not living you, and I'm here to help you. Thanks so much. Take good care. And until next time, be awesomely and humanly you because the world really does need more. All sounds used are freeware in the public domain. All views expressed in this episode are my own and do not reflect any official position. I am not a licensed mental health professional. I encourage you to seek the services of a licensed mental health professional if the content of this episode challenged you beyond your current capacity to mentally, emotionally and or physically respond yourself. Thanks for listening.